Welcome to a new episode of CalArts 24-700 podcast. I'm your host, Christine Ziemba, editor of The Pool, CalArts alumni magazine. And for this episode, I had the opportunity to talk to film video alum Claire Marie Vogel about her online exhibition, Artists in Isolation. Over the past year or so, Claire interviewed 31 musicians, including Alan Stone, Susie Analog, and Silver Sun Pickups, about their lives and work during the pandemic. She conducted photo shoots via FaceTime and interviews over text, and the resulting work is a thoughtful time capsule of an unforgettable moment in our collective history. I'll put a link to the website in the show notes. Claire and I also chatted about Reflective Refuge, her artist collective that focuses on the relationship between music and technology. We chatted about her thoughts on the post-COVID music industry, and... We also talked about a pandemic rescue pup named after a famous personal injury lawyer. You may hear him a time or two during the interview. I'm talking to artists like yourself that have kind of taken this pause or this moment, this weirdness that is 2020-21 and kind of used it to either spur on their creativity or do something, you know, a little different. How did you come up with the idea for Artists in Isolation? And in a nutshell, if you could explain what it is. Sure. Yeah, I I guess what what Artists in Isolation, the project is, I photographed and interviewed 31 musicians over FaceTime and over text, uh, the photos, FaceTime, the, the interview text, then created a website with my, my business partner, Mallory, um, through Reflective Refuge, our collective, to basically feature these interviews and photos in a way that felt cohesive with with this time we're in, being that everything's virtual, everything's digital, you know, we're, we're all communicating often, we're often communicating through phones and... Like we're uh, doing this interview via Zoom, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we, we wanted to play into that, into the final piece, so you can scroll through an interactive cell phone, see the photos and read the interviews, hear their music. It all links to like, you know, all the various social media things, Spotify. And, and we the, the point was really to support artists as much as I could help them in some ways by offering them free photos, giving them some space to tell their experiences of the time. And I guess that, that brings me back to, to how I came upon it was a couple months into you know, this this time of, of isolation, quarantine, whatever you may call it, I was feeling very unmotivated, depressed, not uh, not interested in really pushing myself to, to make the most of the time. You know, I just kind of felt like I'm just going to be in this and take this time to feel what I'm feeling. And, and yet at the same time, you're going to feel pressure. You see other people doing creative things and still making work. And I think what I was feeling is that I, a lot of my, my, job. A lot of what I do daily is work with musicians. I work at a record label. I've worked there for 10 years, working creatively with artists. I do that on my own. It's always been about music for me, translating that into a, a visual medium. So I really was thinking a lot about like these artists, what are they feeling? What are they doing? We're all only, con- you know, pretty much only connected through social media and inevitably social media makes things look very easy breezy, even the posts about struggling are very formulated and, 
and well said and you know everyone's liking it and all that so it can be really hard to kind of get a good perspective of how maybe another artist is struggling and and i was asking myself a lot of these same questions i ended up asking them and so i wanted to give them a place to be honest about what they're experiencing so other artists could relate and see that we're all struggling and coping in a lot of the same ways and a lot of different ones i'm so sorry my dog is <laughs> So sorry. He, he's usually not so starving for attention when I'm up here, but yeah, so I really wanted it to be a place for artists to speak to what they were actually experiencing and have other people be able to see those things and, and feel a little less alone. Now, when you say artists, um, most of them are musicians, right? Or performing artists? Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess it, it's it's confusing. Working in the music industry, you call musicians artists. Right. No, I mean, uh, you too at, at Cal Arts, you know, everybody, but we're all... Artist is a much larger term outside of the industry. So I, 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 yeah, I mean musicians specifically, they're all musicians. And why opposed to other performing artists? Or is it just because you worked within the music industry that you knew how much that industry was suffering? You know, no tours, no live shows, no nothing. Is that why you wanted to put the emphasis on the musicians? Yeah, I think a bit of both, you know, like I said, a lot of what I do and a lot of my art making is tied up with musicians and, and music. And I know firsthand just from having worked with so many and know so many, knowing so many personally, uh, musicians, uh, just how, how affected their life has been by this, for all the reasons you just mentioned, you know, with touring and playing shows and putting out albums, everything was really um, thwarted. So I felt like that's something I could I could most speak to and be a connector to and have a lot of connections with, you know, a lot of the artists I've worked with or have connections to in some other ways. And yeah, I, I feel like in general artists have been, there's a lot of pressure on them to create, especially in this time. And and I think specifically musicians and people in the music and in, in the music world haven't been given any support specifically in a time like this. And yet we're, we're kind of putting these expectations on them. And I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be relevant for many reasons to talk to musicians specifically. Can you tell me like, what, what's the question that you asked of the mu musicians or the artists that gave you the most surprising answers? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I think it was, I'd probably say, when I asked, do you see your your relationship with music changing after this? It's open enough to where I think a lot of people interpreted it in different ways. Like some people are, they weren't offended, but they were like, no, never, you know, if anything, I'm more of this or yeah, yes, I feel very differently now about how I approach it or I'm more appreciative or whatever else. So it wasn't necessarily that I was like shocked at the answers, but they were really wide ranging. And I think it, that question gave a lot of people a lot of pause as to looking into the future and what what might their feelings be about what they do. But nobody said, "I'm I'm just I'm I'm done." Um, no, <laughs> okay. I, I I almost expected it at some point, but no, no, they were they were all very steadfast. I think if anything, there is just a sense of like this has really given people a chance to kind of rethink how they were moving through the world, whether that was you know their creative life or otherwise and taking pause on that, you know, however much they missed their life before, liked it before there were a lot of changes um, that they, there was a lot of changes that came up that people seemed to want to make. What do you do like on a daily basis, like your day job? 
Yeah, so I work at Warner Records. Um, I'm an in-house creative. Um, I do everything from photo shoots for album covers and music videos to editing and interviews and live shows, really everything and anything uh, visually creative. Uh, as, as sometimes as a, a one woman band and sometimes as a, a whole team or overseeing other teams. But I think the thing that I value the most about it is my relationships with the artists and working with them to translate what they're doing into a different medium. As you step back and you've looked at all, you know, the past months in isolation, how is this period going to change in the music industry? Do you have any thoughts on that? and your um, own personal work? You know, we'll start with two-parter. We'll start with the music industry in general, and then how has it changed maybe your personal vision for your own artwork, art practice? Sure. I think how I see this impacting the music industry, as I kind of touched on before, there's just such little safety net for musicians. There's there's such a huge... uh, world of of money and profit tied into touring and all the companies built around that and um, everything else, you know, from merch to music sales and all the rest, but just how many people it takes to really make all that happen, even outside of the musicians and, and how left out to dry they all were, including venues and the, all the people that work at venues and all the people that tour with musicians and everything, really. So, um, and management companies, all the rest, everyone's been affected. And I think there tends to be kind of a simplistic view of like musicians and and what they do. And I I guess my point is I I hope that there is more thought into supporting musicians in a real, in a, yeah, in in a, in a meaningful way. Granted, hopefully knock on wood, this isn't something that's going to happen specifically again, but at the same time, like it's, it's, uh, it's really difficult. So that, I hope will change. Kind of, uh, you're talking about a safety net for people who choose a career in the arts, right? Or, or you do sound for a musician, or you sell merch for a musician, or you know, you are a day-to-day manager for a company that manages art. You know, there's there's so many jobs, or you do lighting at a venue. Like a lot of those jobs are. You could you can sign up for for programs, but at the same time, a lot of those jobs aren't so regular. You know, it's it's more of a freelance thing and really related to artists and touring schedules as as is. So you're just you're you're not protected in some of the same ways. And I think yeah, musicians in general, like a lot of them make their money on touring, and that's just to, to think of almost two years being without that is just devastating. It's tough. It'll be interesting to see how things work their way back to normal, whatever normal is now. Yeah, it seems like it's on the horizon. I mean, people are starting to announce uh, tours for the fall, and there's some festivals, I think, that are going to happen this summer. But as as we've learned through this, like, we have zero control <laughs> in some ways. I don't think, I, I guess I need to answer your second question about how this will affect me personally as an artist. Um, I think I think with how I approach my own art, this project has been honestly one of the first personal projects I've done since maybe CalArts, which is crazy. Really like a, a project that I was fully in charge of and driven by and uh, pulled other people in to help. I loved doing that. And I, I loved that I could incorporate musicians into something that was more my vision while still 
celebrating them and telling their stories. So I was really, I loved doing that. It felt super empowering and I loved hearing the feedback. I think music fans really enjoyed it. I think best of all, the artists really felt stoked just to be a part of it because they had a place to tell their stories and they felt a little normal for a day, you know, doing these photo shoots and it kind of pulls you out of the isolation a bit doing them. So it definitely did for me. Um, it, it, and I don't necessarily want to be doing remote shoots forever, but I've done so many now and it can be really, it can take a lot of the pressure off. And and since we're in such a digital world, you, you still have a pretty good outcome or output from it. It's it's opened my eyes up more to what's possible. And I think making things a little easier and working with more people and not letting not letting certain limitations get in the way so much. So when you said you shot over FaceTime, can you walk me through it? How did you take yeah. the, how did you take the photos of these portraits in isolation? Sure. I would um, tell you know set up the, the the time we would do it. I'd give them a little prompt and say, look around your house, pick out some places with good light, places you like, and then we'd get on FaceTime together. I'd generally do it on my computer. They'd be on their phone sometimes their computer, and I'd take a look around with them, kind of just get my spatial awareness as best I could on the fly, pick out some places and then guide them through poses and, and looks and all the rest, um, took the photos through FaceTime itself. So like a screenshot? Uh, essentially there's there's a photo, uh, ask, you can take a, a photo through FaceTime. Um, oh, okay. So and then all the interviews you did were over text and through phones, especially since we can't be together in the same room. So is that why you chose the text-based? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I chose it. Just a lot of our communication is through text. It's a very low pressure way to communicate. I think I wanted this to feel very low pressure. A lot of us had a lot going on, have had a lot going on. So the text message interviews, it was five questions, but sometimes it would take up to two weeks, you know, to get all the answers and questions done. Sometimes people would do it immediately. So it just, it gave people the space and a little bit of a casual nature to allow that. What are you doing next? Or are you back to work full-time and plans? Yeah, so I, I've worked full-time through the pandemic. I'm very fortunate I've had my job and can work remotely. With Reflective Refuge in this project, I've done it all kind of in my spare time and nights and weekends and whatever else I could do. It's taken place over a year, so I've, I've certainly had the time in, in terms of spreading it out. With Reflective Refuge, you know, our goal is really to connect people to music and create community around music and specifically utilize technology in a way that doesn't add another layer between people and music, but instead just helps connect people more. So trying to use technology for good as best we can. And we have some products that we've been developing. We signed up for an incubator. We've, we've been just kind of developing the company in the best ways we can, or the, you know, the collective in the best ways we can, the idea we originally had for it involves being um, in person at a concert. You know, it was something that was really built on a world pre-COVID. So we've had to really shift many times through, through this last year. And I only met Mallory about a month before lockdown. So we've created a daily working relationship remotely, which has been amazing. But I think 
after this project, we, we've been trying to find new ways to, to utilize it. And we're actually, we are going to have the exhibit shown in a, a virtual con- a vir- virtual festival. It'll be a virtual music festival and, and we're showing our piece in, in a way that's incorporated into that. So ideally you're going to be able to like walk into a booth virtually and, and see the exhibit and interact with it there. And then we're also at Reflective Refuge curating a couple other artists for the exhibit as well. So that's, that's kind of our next immediately next uh, step. And yeah, otherwise we were kind of like feeling out all the different pivots we've been having to make and exploring what we, what we want to do and when we'll be able to do things in person versus virtually. So. Oh, that's awesome. When does that happen? Uh, it's still, still to be announced, but oh. it, it'll be announced soon. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't say it just now. Savino and Barnes, injury attorneys, 800-888-8888. Don't wait, call eight. Your dog, uh, Salino and Barnes. Um, Salino <laughs> and Barnes. That that you're the that, you're the only person that gets it. They all think it's Barnes and Noble or something. No, but no, I read that in the article. From, oh, yes, because there's an article. So your dog's name is Barnes, who who we met earlier. Yes, um, he or she a, a COVID pup, or uh, or have you had him for a while? Yeah, it, yeah. Barnes was a boy. Uh, we we adopted him in January, so he's he's a pandemic dog. Um, but we were, we live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of young people with, uh, I don't know, a lot of designer dogs and they, everyone got a puppy in the last year. And we were always like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do when they go back? Like everyone better keep these puppies and just kind of felt like this is really silly. People are, are doing this, but at the same time, I wanted a dog forever. I, my entire adult life and beyond, um, and I just felt like I'm 34. How can I go on any more years without a dog in my life? Like, what am I doing? Just this past January, January. Yeah, we decided. So three, you know, three months ago, we decided we will take this time to like set good training and rescue a dog that we love and find a good dog. And somehow, the first dog we found to rescue, we we lucked out and got him, and he's just the light of my life. We didn't name him. the The rescue oh. uh, named him. They they'll name the new dogs that come in just to give them a name to advertise. And uh, so they had a Salino and a Barnes. Not they weren't together. Just those were the new dogs that came in. And but we felt like he kind of just fit the name. It felt right. And uh, yeah, so it stuck. And we decided to keep it. <laughs> well, Claire, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. It's been such a delight. <laughs>